Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word, Jeremiah 17, 7. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Jeremiah 17, 7. Welcome back to the Hunt Dog Public Podcast. Today I'm talking to my friend Land Smathers. He's known for killing big bucks on public land, and he puts a lot of effort into it. He's out during the summer scouting and running cameras, trying to locate big deer, and that just to prepare for the next hunting season. You know, most people are fishing and, and not thinking about hunting season, and he's still putting effort in, and that's the reason that he's successful. He he puts a lot of hours and a lot of time into it. And we've been kicking around the idea of having a opinion of a steel hunter and his views of steel hunting public land in dog hunting territory. Whether it be deer dogs or squirrel dogs or rabbit dogs or whatever. You know, we sat down and talked and his view is very open-minded you know, he understands it's everybody's right, and we have uh, a bunch of tips and tricks, you know. It, just because dog hunters are in your area doesn't mean that that big buck that you've been hunting don't jump up and, and come right by you. It don't mean that he don't slip out the back door or even get on his feet. He might have been 300 yards away and got up and eased by you. But dog hunters, they can give you a lot of information about the spot that you're hunting, good or bad. You might not like it. I understand that. And and we was just showing that just because someone's a passionate steel hunter doesn't mean that he doesn't respect other people's right. And he actually enjoys doing it also. So I appreciate him coming on and taking the time. Me and Land's also been kicking around the idea of having a actual, like setting up on bedding areas, breaking down uh track of land you know what he's looking for in a a a spot to hunt but if y'all are interested in that hit us up message us it's probably this will be about dog hunting if we did that it might be a bonus episode but if we have enough people want to hear it we'll uh we'll get we'll get him back on let him talk he's got a lot of information he spends a lot of times in the woods and and uh, he's very successful. So if y'all want to hear that, shoot us a message at the Hunting Dog Public on Facebook or huntingdogpublic at outlook.com on email. I really appreciate him taking the time out to come on the podcast. Y'all stay tuned. Here we go. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland. Today we're talking to Mr. Land Smathers. Mr. Land, how are you? I'm doing just fantastic. How about yourself, Cody Moore? Man, I'm doing great, buddy. So, Mr. Land, tell them a little about yourself for the people that don't know who you are, and I guess kind of where you're from, what you, what you hunt. Well, I am from your neck of the woods over here, and I live just south of you in Aberdeen. You know that. But um, I hunt pretty much everything. If it's in season, I'm pr- probably going to go after everything from squirrels and deer and turkeys and ducks and woodcock and i mean just about everything 
honestly. Now, and you and you're a big fisherman. I would say, if you will, you're kind of the epitome of an outdoorsman. I mean, if it's a season, you're hunting it, and if it's not uh, hunting season, you're fishing. Well, yeah. If I mean, if, if I can be outside, that's all I really want. That's the only place I want to be. So if I'm gonna be outside, I might as well be chasing something. You know? Yeah, and and you put a lot of time into it. Obviously, I mean, you was actually you you had a job as filming turkey hunts, correct? At one time. Yeah, yeah. I, I worked for a guy named Preston Pittman. He's a, I want to say he's either four or five. I think he's five time grand champion turkey caller. Um, so uh, yeah, he's got his own line of turkey calls. He's been around forever. Anybody that's in the turkey hunting around pretty much knows who he is. I built calls for him and, and videoed him in the spring for close to four years. I won't say it was four springs. Yep. So, yeah, I, I spent a lot of, of course, I grew up. You know, I got my first – I I started watching videos, hunting videos on VHS back when I was a kid. And I was like, man, if I had a camera, I'd video every deer or turkey dying there ever was. Uh, one Christmas, I asked for a video camera, and that was back when we used high eight. Um, tapes, the little like they look like a VHS tape, but they're yeah. about the size of a credit card. It was, yeah, they're about like it. yeah, like a V, like a cassette deck. Yep, exactly. And uh, got a camera. I, I want to say I was twelve or thirteen, and pretty much been toting a camera around since then. But, yeah. Uh, and, I, I, after I left Preston Pittman, I kind of gotten a little burnt out on toting a camera around, so I took two or three years off, and now here I am back into full flesh now and and you absolutely hammer it seems like it i'm getting snapchats and seeing pictures you you uh you normally are pretty successful i have to give you that well i mean you know where we're at we're not but what 30 miles or so from alabama line yeah so it's real easy to slip over the line you know and chase some more animals with more tags and stuff like that so yeah it works out good where we're at oh yeah yeah now, uh, one of the biggest things that catches my eye, and and for the guys that bear with us, this this conversation is going to be about still hunting public land in dog hunting territory. Uh, I'm wanting to get a person's opinion that doesn't dog hunt a lot, and you put a lot of effort into killing big, mature bucks, and a lot of times you're hunting in areas that they're running deer dogs, correct? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you show me a, an area somewhere around here that doesn't have dogs on it, and I'll, I'll gladly pay you for that pen yeah. <laughs> because it just doesn't exist around yeah. here, you know. Oh, I yeah. have nothing against it. Yeah. But so, it's just one of those deals. You, either, you can either fight it or you can, you know, join them. Yeah. So, uh, for the guys that don't know uh, land – what what would you say was an average big deer around this area? I would say if I had to guess, a hundred and twenty to a hundred and thirty inch deer is a really big deer. Oh man, if I if I'll chase a hundred and thirty inch deer all year long. Yeah, and, and that, you know there's those outliers out here that you kill hundred fifties, hundred sixties, but they are rare, few, very few and far between. Yeah, and and, and you're hunting public land. We're not dropping pins, and we're not telling you where it's at, but. Uh, in the last few years, what's some of the scores of deer? Just so people get an idea. Like I said, 120 inch deer is a big deer here. Yeah, I'm. To be honest with you, I haven't. 
I, I used to score all of them, but these last like three or four years, I haven't really, I haven't scored any of them. But based off of what I know, deer score, I'm going to say, you know, all three of the bucks I killed this year were at least 125. One of them was closer to 140 as an eight point. He's a nice, real nice deer. Um, there's been, you know, one year, a few years ago, three or four years ago, I killed a 156 in bow season and a 158 in rifle season. Um, but like I said, those are outliers. And that was that one year where we just happened to have, you know, really good antler growth and everything lined up perfect. And I just happened to have two giant deer to go after. Yeah. But generally speaking, uh, oh, if I see a 140, I'm, di- I'm, I'm completely diving in. I will burn an entire season trying to shoot that deer. Yeah, and, and I just wanted to say that because you're you're not somebody that's tickled to death to shoot a four point. So, I you know, I just want. Now, don't get me wrong. Huh? <laughs> if I'm hurt, if the freezer ain't full, that four point better watch out. If yeah. It's legal, it, especially if we get down like January and freezer ain't looking too good. Old lady's hollering. <laughs> he, he, he better look out. He, he better start ducking, huh? Yeah. Exactly. And and you do a good bit of your hunting with a bow, correct? Right. Yeah. There's. I still love a rifle. I mean, I just love rifles in general. It's one of the greatest, you know, inventions that man ever made. Yeah. To you know something that you can shoot a hundred and forty grain bullet, you know, two thousand feet per second, and hit something the size of a deer at four hundred yards. I mean, that is incredible. So I still just appreciate rifles. But most of my hunting is done on with a bow. Yeah, and uh, to get, like I said, within 30, 40 yards of these deer, and most of the time you're getting closer than that because I ask you. That's, uh, and, and you hunt from the ground. That's another thing I want to talk to these people about. That you hunt a good bit from the ground. Yeah, I just hate toting a stand in if I don't have to, you know. it's Most of the time around here, it ain't real cold. So, you know, you may you may walk in and it's nice and chilly at, 35 38 degrees but then by 9 a.m it's in the 50s so then you're talking about toting a stand all the way back it's just i'm not i I don't worry about scent or anything like that but at the same time it doesn't hurt to not sweat (laughs) yeah it's just a whole lot easier for me and especially i'm I'm usually getting tight on this deer so if i slip in there i don't have to put a stand up there's no noise i'm sitting down and if it doesn't happen i can slide right out the back door no, no harm, no foul. Yeah, get out of there real quick and quiet. And 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 like I said, you're you're killing really good deer in this area off the ground with a bow. That's uh, that's pretty tough. I really, to be honest with you, don't know of many other people that's doing that. Well, the same could be said for y'all with dogs and deer. You know where to put the dogs out, and you know where to be when those dogs jump. You know, I don't. If you gave me a pack of hounds and said, go kill a deer, I wouldn't even know where to start. Oh, well. I'd go kick them out on the, at the edge of a thicket and hope for the best. It, it wouldn't take you long because, uh, you know, we kind of look into the same things uh, that y'all do. Where are the deer going to be right now? Don't Not where they're going to be in a few hours. Where are they right now? But, right. you know, so, all right. All that being said, I think we've established that you're pretty passionate about, about deer hunting. And uh, let's let's start with growing up. Did you hunt with dogs any? Oh yeah, back when I was a kid, man, that was back in the late nineties, early two thousands. Everybody I knew, just about somebody in their family had a pack of dogs. You know, 
and we we turn out and of course where I grew up which is down around the Jackson area kind of like Canton Raymond uh Clinton all that everybody's there's a lot of warehouse ground and everybody's got clubs and stuff and you know it's it back then it wasn't anything to have you know two three thousand five thousand acre you know pine tickets so if somebody's running dogs every every weekend the dog season and if i'm not mistaken it seems like back then the dog season was longer than it is now well or maybe it maybe we were illegal <laughs> well, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah i was just running them all year yeah <laughs> no i don't i i i can't speak on that i do believe that they did shorten ours up a little bit but i'm not 100 percent sure on that but yeah. you know so we get normally it's a week and a half to two weeks in november in Mississippi, northeast Mississippi, to run deer dogs. And then it can't, comes in Christmas Eve and goes to about December 18th, 19th, somewhere in there. I'm sorry, January, December. It comes in Christmas Eve and goes out January the 18th to 19th, somewhere in that area. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, realistically. So you're working a amount of time. Yeah, I mean, so, so bow season comes in October 1st. And technically, you could shoot a bow all the way through January 31st. Yeah, October 1st, January 31st. Four, four whole months you could bow on. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, the steel hunters, they they get, if you if you run a bow, I mean, you get, what is that, a month and a half head start, and then you yeah. get about a month, almost a month in between, then you get a few weeks at the end that there's no dogs running at all in mississippi right right so and you know a lot and little side note a lot of why i bow hunt is because i can't keep up with all these splits like i i know if it's october 1st to january 31st i can grab a bow and go hunting but as far as primitive seasons and regular rifle seasons and this public allows centerfire rifles and this one doesn't and the core land i mean you know you know how all this stuff around here is just so scattered on laws and regulations and stuff. Yeah. It's just, and then it depends just, on if you're hunting a, a WMA or Corps of Engineer or correct. Um, um, some sort of Mississippi, uh, what's the other one? There's three different types of public land in Mississippi. but Well, there's there's like uh, a refuge. River Valley authorities, there's refuges, yeah. there's um, WMAs, Corps of Engineers, there's something else. There's like city property outside of city limits i can't remember what they call that yeah but it's something like that the, the city owns it but it's outside of the city limits so it's technically you know whatever. yeah but you know and and a little side note obviously you hunt in public land but on private land so the state if a couple of years ago established if it's on private land once gun season comes in you can hunt with a rifle the rest of the year right but on public land, you still have to go by the uh, primitive weapon seasons. Yeah, and so. each indiv- each WMA has their individual seasons and regulations. So yeah, it's just it it, it can get hairy real quick on you. So you grew up running deer dogs, and I, we've squirrel hunted a good bit. And you told me that your grandfather had squirrel dogs. So you're not going to play the devil's advocate. I just kind of want to know your opinion on a man that uh so so you run cameras during the summertime to find deer when they're growing their horns and then 
you you find a deer that you want to kill or harvest rather and you put a lot of focus into these deer and what is it like i know it is probably not ideal being out there but can you kind of talk to us about your opinions on deer hunting with dogs yeah i'm gonna before i answer that though i'm gonna tell you we ain't harvesting we're killing (laughs) well no need to sugarcoat it i understand what you're doing and what we need to do these days but at the end of the day we're killing stuff well it is dying for us i I agree that, that i just want to put that out there but to answer your question the deer that i have seen that do not get shot in front of deer dogs will be right back where they started from it does it has absolutely zero effect now that being said a lot of the if if a deer gets pushed i think it's more so the human pressure because the deer that end up being closer to where say like a popular spot to put out is they tend to move off a little bit they're not they're really not going far like a quarter of a mile is a long way for one to go they're just getting away from that human pressure because the dogs are going to kick up the deer that ain't there there's no nothing i mean deer gets kicked up by everything in the world but a dog smells more natural than a human does because dogs coyotes bobcats foxes everything has its own scent and the dog ain't too far off from the coyote if you ever trap coyotes and you smell one they're funkier than your dog, but at the end of the day, they smell similar. So I, I don't see the, 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 I used to have a problem with it because I went from dog hunting and, and still hunting also as well. But then I went to a point where I was like, man, I'm just trying to sit out here and, and have a good hunt and not have to worry about deer getting kicked up to now I realize the older I've gotten, it may move that deer and there have been like i said i've killed two deer in front of other people's dogs where i was hunting and wasn't technically after a specific deer it's just some guys put out some dogs they kicked the deer up i shot the deer so it didn't hurt me at all i wasn't upset about that at all but going back to the point those deer as long as they don't get shot which is going to happen and there's nothing you can do about it i have no qualms with that um it's going to hook right back in to where it was comfortable. I think, I don't, I don't think deer technically have the capability of thinking like we do. They don't have the ability to reason, but if they're in an area that's comfortable to them, they get kicked out of it. They're they're and they got away. Something is clicking in their brain that their bedding area worked for them. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. So, so them getting kicked out, most of the time that buck's going to be right back in there within i mean within a day if not sooner you know at the hunting club i've got several people i know if we run the area next to their green fields that they think the deer's laying in there and got stirred up a little bit they've actually killed the bucks coming back that afternoon like oh, yeah like so so for the guys that are are still hunting only and don't understand this so so unless it's rut them dogs, all they know is it's a deer. They don't yeah. know if, if it's six does or six bucks. And a big, mature animal. And it, that can go for a doe or a buck. They're both, just say both of them four or five-year-old. They both got old being smart. 
Yeah. It's not the first time they've seen that. They'll double back and let them chase the young ones that keep running in a straight line. And they'll, a lot of times I've seen animals or mature deer or whatever that won't even leave a, a five acre block and they got 10 hounds in there, you know, that they just stand up and ease around and, or if they don't run over the top of them, they'll let them run by them. I've seen deer lay down in the bushes and dogs run by them and they lay there for another 20 minutes and get up and just tiptoe off. Well, how many times have you heard or seen the pusher behind the dogs is the one that gets shot? Oh man, you, you talking about peeling, peeling off. And you know, here's, here's the funny thing is most of the time, uh, a little, uh, I'm going to throw out some game as some people call it, or, or some advice. If you hear the dogs jump up in there and start running, don't get down because <laughs> a lot of times the bigger animal is going to slip out the back door and it's going to probably come right by you. If they're not directly on that deer, he is, if the dogs is going north, he wants to go south or sit still. Right, because when you're jumping them up, majority of the time, it's very rare to kick up one deer. Like, yeah. you, the dogs may be on one deer, but they, they're, they're it's like doe family groups, you know. Does really never bed alone. Like, there's a lot of them. And in bucks, especially outside of the rut, there's going to be multiple bucks. There's really no such thing because, I mean, they're social animals. So... For every one deer that those dogs are running, there's God knows how many more that peeled off and got out of the way. Yeah. So now, and I've also, I mean, we've seen it where bucks run through a pack of does to lose the deer, to lose the dogs, because obviously if he knows where a group of does or whatever other deer are bedding and he runs through them, it's going to be harder for them dogs to keep on him. Oh yeah. So I mean, you 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 kill a deer. Next time anybody that's listening to this kills a deer, I don't care if it's a doe or a buck or whatever. You kill a deer, you go up there and you sniff its back, and then the next time you kill a deer of the opposite sex outside of the rut, like you said, sniff take a doe and a buck. You got two deer laying there. Sniff their back. They smell identical. Of course, that's outside of the rut, like I said. So I, I'm sure. Do- I mean, I know dogs have a better nose than we do. But at the end of the day, they they got one one thing on their mind, and that is get up a dog and run. I mean, a deer and run. They don't care what it is. Well, I promise you, if you can find a dog that you can a buck only dog, you can sell him <laughs> every day of the week, and you can name your price a <laughs> million dollars. <laughs> so 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 at, you used to get aggravated with it, and that's understandable because you spent the time to get into that spot, and. You have uh, obviously, you know, put the work in to find this animal that you're hunting and or not the animal that you're hunting, but you found a good spot to hunt and you go in there. That's obviously understandable that you're aggravated, but it is still that person's right. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And I'll caveat that by saying I was way less educated than I am now. I'm not saying I'm smart by any means, but I have seen how these deer operate. And I, at that point in my life, when I was getting aggravated with it, didn't understand deer. So I would get a picture of a deer and it wasn't like I was getting it. You know, nowadays I am 100% on a deer if I'm getting him three or four times a week. 
if if you're getting in every day of the week, well, the reason you hadn't killed it was something you've done wrong. But if if I'm getting him three or four times a week, I know what he's doing on the average. So back then, I didn't know that. I'd get a deer on the edge of the food plot, you know, get two or three pictures of him once a week and once every two weeks, hunt that deer, hoping for the best. But I also didn't know that those how those deer operated. And when a dog kicks a deer up, that that deer is not leaving the county. I, I was of the opinion, deer gets jumped, it's gone. You know, whether it was me or a dog or whatever, you jump a deer, he's gone, your chances are done. Now, I realize that it's completely false. And uh, I guess on top of that, while we're talking about it, so Mr. Lynn, you've been on several other podcasts, and, and I, guess, I would assume one of the bigger ones was the hunting public, correct? Yeah. Uh, and there, they actually go into bedding areas and bump deer out on purpose. All right. So, you know, that's... And, and they kill hammers all the time. They go to different states and killing magnums doing that. They'll they'll scout for a day or two and jump deer out of bed, and then they hunt. I mean, that's – they've kind yeah, of, no I, one, I guess, no showed. Yeah, knowing where you're sleeping. Yeah, no sleeping and eating is 90% of the fight, you know. Yeah. The other 10% is up to you. And another thing that I have noticed is for the guys that are listening to this that are not familiar with dogs – if you're still hunting a piece of property and the dogs run by you and never bark and they get 300 yards from you and open up <laughs> and then they you're run the away from spot. you, you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because deer run road trails like roads. So they're not just running willy nilly through the woods. They have somewhere in mind that they're going to run to, and they and, run. To... And, and also on top of that, that deer's not running wide open the whole time. He's just staying ahead of the pack. Yeah, it's going to run hard for two or three, four or five minutes, and then he's going to stop. Or he's going to yeah. lope just far enough out there ahead to where they'll stop and see if the dogs are still coming, and then they'll start back up. But but they actually have a plan of where they're going, and uh if they're not coming towards you and you see this happen repeatedly, you need to move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. So that's, a, that's one great thing. Also, like you can learn a whole heck of a lot hunting around dog hunters because you pay real close attention to where them dogs start baying. I mean, uh, sounding, you know, yeah, I mean, that's going to tell you everything you need to know. That's going to tell you exactly where that deer was sitting. Exactly. Okay, and you can hear a dog, especially late in the season, you can hear a dang dog 1,200 yards away. Easy. Oh, a long way, for sure, especially you get a pack. Now, you said something on one of the podcasts that caught my attention. You, I've heard you talk, tell a story about an old man that was rabbit hunting, and you told he told you it was too easy to deer hunt. You remember that? said 90% of the deer are on 10% of the land. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What, yeah. what about that? Uh, well, that's that goes with everything from squirrels to deer to turkeys to fish. 90% of your game is going to be on a certain 10% of the property. And 90% of the hunters, let me see how, how I need to phrase this, 10% of your hunters are going to kill 90% of that game. So the, the biggest learning curve is figuring out where that, 
that 10 percent is you know what i'm saying yeah and i when you said that i started pondering on it and i got to thinking which i guess squirrels could be a little more diverse they're going to be in the hardwood timber for the most part but you're right i mean when it comes to rabbit they're going to be for the most part in thickets when you come to deer they're looking for security in thickets and in somewhat close to food i mean they're not going to be just if you got 100 acres of hardwoods and five acres of thicket i probably wouldn't hunt the hardwoods the farthest away from the thicket right and i mean honestly around here the way the public ground is and you know our public ground especially is super it's not big like there's a ton of broken proper parcels you know what i'm saying you know you know exactly what i'm talking yeah. about so there so, might be 80 the, acres over here 300 over there 200 over here a thousand over here so for the people that don't understand what he's saying is 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 it's not uh it might be thirty thousand acres but it's thin 600 600 yard thick strips yeah that might be a mile it's a bunch of river property and 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 it's also outside of the river that's the same way uh there's a lot of of privately owned chunks within the, the public um so yeah, those those deer. If what my favorite thing to do is take a chunk, that's a decent sized chunk somewhere, and completely dissect that entire property and find that little ten percent of that property, and then mark it and remember it for next time, and then move on to the next spot. And then that way, <clears throat> whenever it comes up, you're looking at different conditions, wind included, all that stuff. You can say, all right, tomorrow it's going to be. 40 degrees it's towards the end of the season we're after the rut um we got a more just say southwest wind i've got 14 different places okay which one is going to be best based off of how much pressure we've had the conditions i'm in where are we going to where it's going to be my best option for tomorrow and you just do that every day you just break everything you analyze every single condition property time of the year what the deer are doing, what the food sources are. And you just kind of, you know, once you get kind of attuned to that system, you can kind of just start rattling off stuff. It just kind of hits you almost instinctively. And, you know, we've made it full circle because a lot of guys in northern or eastern states, so they ride down the roads looking at tracks. And I understand that it's, uh, they have like dirt roads that they drag to try to get rid of a lot of tracks. But around here, we don't have that. We have gravel, and it, if it ain't a, if it ain't just muddy in a ditch, you ain't a deer's not gonna leave a track walking across the road around here. But what you're saying, looking at bedding and and wind and this and that, could also for the dog hunters that don't understand that, uh, there's a reason that deer's laying there. It yeah, feels comfortable. 100%. It feels comfortable. So, you know, if it's a uh, Normally, a deer is going to lay on the back side of a hill with the wind coming over the ridge and him watching the holler. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, as long as it's open enough. Yeah. So, and and at the same time, there's those what you're talking about, those bedding ridges and stuff like that, which our bedding ridges a lot of times ain't four feet higher than the bottom itself, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about big ridges, but um, those deer – Oh, I don't forget what I was about to say. About finding, knowing where deer is going to be so you can turn loose on them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those deer may bounce around. 
I mean, it's not uncommon for them to be bedded right here one day and then be 200 yards over there the next day and then back to this one and then off on another bed. But what you'll find is those those perennial bedding spots. So just because this buck's not there, there's there's it's a, it's a favorable bedding spot. So another buck will be there. Yeah. You know, you can you can go into the same spot. You can go in there one day, kick the dogs out, kick a buck up, kill him, come back two days later, kick another buck up in the same spot. Now the way I understand it is, is if it's a really good spot supposedly the dominant buck is going to use that bedding area and if he gets killed then another the next dominant buck generally moves into that spot because it's so ideal would you agree with that yeah i mean it's just like your house you sleep in the in the master bedroom don't you oh yeah well when you leave who sleeps in the master bedroom better just be my wife (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i ain't got no jody insurance Uh, yeah, well, I'm saying one of the kids moves in. Oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. my house, I'm in the master bedroom, and when I'm not there, my daughter's in the bed. Oh, well. She's I, taking my spot, and yeah. that's only because I ain't there, because if I'm there, she's she's out. Yeah. So, so, for the guys that don't realize that, that just kick dogs out, and I hear it every year, you know, let's turn loose in this hardwood bottom. The, the, the deer, unless it's really early in the morning or really late in the afternoon, especially in areas that get hit with dogs are not out in the middle of the hardwoods. No, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think I would ever, unless there was some kind of a a thicket adjacent to that hardwoods and you're just hoping to get a shot off in the hardwoods. I I would ever, I would always go, you know, I would, I mean, how do y'all kick them out in the thicket or do y'all start, outside of it and work into so most of the time we have cut loose places that we do every so we have 84 before i start let me ask you this what is a typical day of dog hunting look like okay so a typical day where we're from we all all meet at the clubhouse and establish a plan and we have before daylight or at daylight. right i mean it's normally the street lights on out there and as the sun's coming up, we're, we're heading somewhere. So, so y'all ain't kicking the dogs out till after the sun's up here. Well, it's right as we can't, we don't kick them out before we can see. No. Right. Okay. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind yeah. of for everybody listening. Yeah. So we're establishing a plan and normally somebody's getting bad mouth because they're on the radio. I'm going to pull up at the, <laughs> at the gas station. You're like, uh, that sap sucker wait can't get up on time he must have uh-huh. you know been out partying blah 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 long night you know mm-hmm. and then everybody ends up getting up there but normally we're kicking out dogs right as the sun's coming up but we have a plan established for the first one and we have a lot of drawn out land so i think our hunting club's 8400 acres is private hunting club we don't run we personally don't run public land we run private hunting club but uh Anyways, we have spots over the years that, for the most part, we turn loose on the on bedding areas over and over and over again to where we've always jumped deer. And then every once in a while, so if we hit this spot, it's been four or five days since we've turned loose over here, let's go hit this spot again. Because, for the most part, if you jump four deer and you only kill one, 
the other three plus another one or two is going to be back in there. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They don't go nowhere. Because I promise you, as many deer as we kill, (laughs) if you could kill them out, they'd have been killed out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, you know, uh, every once in a while we'll get to – get to thinking outside the box and we'll get to kicking it around and be like anybody got any suggestions that we hadn't tried and i'm a big walker i like to walk if we running dogs everybody likes to stay in the truck or on the side by side well if my truck's at this spot I, i'm the idiot that's 700 yards through there well, don't I know you the one chasing the bag on fox or whatever <laughs> that cur dog you got on yeah. in the woods. i'm trying to keep up with your long legs but and then I'm stupid enough to shoot one in there 600 yards because I'm like, well, I walked all the way in here and one runs by me. So now I got to figure out how to get out. And I got to put it up on my shoulders and tote it out. But No, I'm going to have to teach you how to quarter one up. Well, I just I just throw them over my shoulders and walk out with them. Yeah, well, you're you you you're bigger than I am. I ain't but 5'10", 165, <laughs> you know. You're not bigger than I am. But, but anyways, so you walk enough and you can figure out where the established bedding areas are. But because in all reality, you don't want to be where the deer is going to be right before where you're really still hunting at. I mean, right before dark and right before daylight going to their bedding area. You need to turn loose in their bedding area. Yeah. Because if they've laid there for a couple of hours, them dogs are not going to smell that. So. See, I did not know that. Yeah. And and normally it's a good thing if you. So normally a deer is going to run into the wind. Normally unless okay we got a long bottom and they hear a bunch of gravel popping from the roads because i notice it when i'm in the woods walking you hear somebody thinks they're creeping up there and they get out and they barely open their door and then they barely shut their door back but you can be 200 yards from them in the woods and it's real quiet and it sounds like somebody's up there with a bass drum beating on it i mean oh yeah i mean so so normally a deer wants to run into the wind that way they can smell what they're coming into. Okay. But if they hear gravel popping, they'll obviously turn and go the opposite direction. And and uh, But normally you turn loose. If the wind's in the dog's face, that's more ideal because they ought to smell the, the deer better. And that's before they get on them. And then the deer is going to run generally into the wind unless they hear something to turn them. So, yeah, you're turning loose on the bedding area that you think, okay, here's a hardwood bottom and and uh, there's a good trail that funnels out through there with a bunch of rubs or scrapes on it, you're turning loose on that because especially if you find a fresh one because that buck's checking that, just check that scrape the night before and you're hoping that it was closer to daylight than it was right after dark, if that makes any okay. sense. Yeah, let me ask you this. When that when you kick those dogs out, are they looking for a fresh track, or are they looking for that deer itself? Well, so some dogs are jump dogs, and some dogs are running dogs. And okay. so some people have a pack full of dogs that'll jump, but some dogs will kind of some dogs that we call jump dogs will go in and they'll just kind of stir around. They'll go in that thicket, it real thick stuff, and they'll try to jump up a deer. And when they start barking. If you have dogs, the rest of the dogs will kind of honor them. So they'll come in there. And a lot of times, the running dog, or not necessarily the jump dog, will take the deer and try to push it harder because 
he didn't, you know, they, they're just, they're there for a reason, but they didn't jump the deer, if you will. Yeah. But, but once one opens, they all pretty much honor it. And you, you just, the race is on. I mean, it's, uh, it's not much of a better feeling than the sitting there with that early morning, you out there with the frost on the ground and them dogs open up in the holler. You got, oh, no, man. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Yes. See, and you know this, but I have a blood trailing dog. Well, let me take it back. I have a deer dog, and he is a <laughs> a a body retrieval system for me. Yeah. He is not. I can. I'll take him when I leave the house. I say, "You want to go find a deer?" And he comes unglued. He knows what that means. Yeah. And when we get in out there, I let him run for about ten fifteen minutes. And let him kind of get his get his energy out a little bit, and I'll show him where that deer was. I don't have to see blood or anything like that. He's gonna put his nose to the ground, throws his head up in the air, and he's gonna make circles. And he is a winding dog. He does not care anything about that deer's track. All he's doing, he'd make a circle. He'd come back and check in. He'd make a little bit bigger circle, come back and check in. And eventually, he's gonna work his way downwind to that that body. And he's going to go straight to it, and he's going to stay right there on top. Of it. Now, now my question is: so, do you you didn't train him with the gland on the bottom of the deer's foot that the some some people's dogs run? Well, I I tried. Yeah, it just it wasn't in his nature okay. for whatever reason. He's white lab. Yeah, and he I I did blood sickles. I did. I mean, I even put, you know, I would take a, a small end of a back strap. I'd cut it off and give it to him at the end of a blood trail. And I would use the foot and try to do, you know, the, the interdigital scent and stuff like that. He did not care. He would always strike out, make circles, and get downwind of that and go straight to it. For whatever reason, it just, it just like I said, it wasn't in his nature to do that. Would he run a live deer? Um, it depends on if it's wounded or not. If it's wounded, he's going to take it down because he's killed three of them. Oh, really? Yeah, wounded deer. Wow. In fact, Where'd this year. Where'd you get that pit bull at? <laughs> I know, he <laughs> acts like one. <laughs> but this year, I shot one back behind my house. He was a nice eight-point. I thought my, my wife shot first, and she missed. And the deer ended up coming back out a few minutes later. And I shot, and I thought I missed. So I'm thinking the scope's off because he didn't act wounded at all. He just turned around and bolted back into the thicket. Well, I got, we went back to the house and I'm kind of kicking rocks and pissing and moaning. And I said, well, I need to at least go down there and look. So I loaded Rio up and we went down there. He, and as soon as the wind was kind of in our face when we were going down there, and I mean, he jumped off the bike and was gone. He took off. I said, oh, oh what is this? So I, I turned the bike off. I sat there for a second and I heard what sounded like hitting a 55 gallon drum with a bat. Bop. I said, Dad, gun, and then I heard a buck roaring. I said, Oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> so what happened? I ended up shooting him low in the brisket, and it was a fatal shot. But this was about thirty minutes after, and I think it went above the 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 breastbone and below the heart, and probably just nicked the heart or something because there was a yeah. lot of blood. But he was still very alive. Yeah. And when I got over there, Rio had him uh, by the neck. So I ran up there, and now I'm, I'm thinking I've missed the deer, so I've got some damn pocket knife. I run over there, too, and, and at this point, Rio, the buck gets loose of Rio, and he takes his horns and just pins him to the ground and starts, I mean, mauling him. And I'm like, I got to do something or he's going to kill my dog. 
So I ran up there like a hog, grabbed him by the back leg, flipped him over, jumped on his back. And when I came over on his neck and laid down on top of him, he caught another gear. And me and that buck and Rio went through the thicket about 30 yards. <laughs> he <laughs> he tore my Oh yeah, I was on. I was like bulldogging him. I was holding on to his antlers, and he's cutting out through the thicket. He tore my overalls up. I took a dang time to the five. I mean, it was it was a rodeo. I finally you got. You mean to tell me finished. as many Facebook videos as you do, your wife didn't have that on your Facebook? I know. <laughs> I wish, man. I wish so bad because I had my GoPro. I was. I mean, I. I normally put it on my head or whatever but i didn't for this one I, man i i wish i would have because it was it would have been a great video but <laughs> ended up i got him got him finished off and of course rio was no worse for the wear he was still fired up yeah he loved it yeah that's one thing about it you know and, and a lot of people let's go that route a lot of people think that these dogs are not taken care of and a lot of people think that these dogs are abused i'm gonna tell you i've seen a lot of men take a lot more crap over you talking about their old lady than they do their favorite hunting dog oh yeah my daughter lives inside he sleeps in the bed all the time with us i'm, I'm telling you man and, and that's whether it's a duck dog a deer dog a squirrel dog or whatever you know and a, a, a blood tracking dog that these dogs are if a hunter's feeding them that they're proud of that dog Oh, 100%. You yeah. know, they're, they're not dog, getting... It's just another member of the family. Yeah. So, and, and one of the things that me and Lynn was talking about, which me and Lynn, we squirrel hunt, how many times we go? Three times this year? Four times this year? Yeah, I think three Several. times this year. But, so, so we're not, if we're hunting public land, I hunt a lot of public land with my squirrel dog. I can't speak for everybody else, but most of the people I know, if they see your vehicle there, they're going to move on. Yeah. Now, I can't speak for everybody, but most people aren't going to dump out where your vehicle are. Now, if they go a mile down the road or a half mile down the road and you try to trick somebody and you parked a half a mile down the road because <laughs> you didn't know, yeah. want, want people to know where you was at, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's a tough situation. I understand. Well, you're thinking, I walked a half mile down here and got in the woods. Well, well they didn't know you was down there. And uh, and also, there's several spots I know of that there's a thousand acres behind one gate. And and what that okay, I will take and, that back. There is one spot over here that I have to drive about twenty five minutes to, and it's a big block of land. But you park exactly at the same, you park at the same spot, and I and don't there's know. There's nothing to be four or five trucks there. Yeah, and I don't know if you go left. All right. I don't know if you're duck hunting. I don't know if you're you're squirrel hunting also because most people around here might have a dog box in the back of the yeah. truck. Yeah, rabbit. Rabbit I mean, it could be anything. I mean, and and if but I, you can't you can't one truck can't claim a thousand acres. It just you can't. Yeah, if I drive twenty five minutes over there and it's going to take me another twenty minutes to go to any other public land, I'm not wasting my afternoon. I, I, I'm sorry. That's probably not the right way. No, to it. it's it is that that is a hundred percent. Okay, now it's different if it's 150, 200 acres, but a thousand acre block, 800 acre block, you can, one man, especially a steer, steel hunter, you just got to live with it. It's public land. There's nothing, you, you just can't expect for somebody to leave, yeah. something like that. But but a lot of, a lot, I was going to that, a lot of people get a bad rap because of they're a hound hunter. And 
And I'm not saying that every hound hunter is good because they're not. A lot of people want to piss people off just because they think it's funny, and I do not condone that. But everybody shouldn't be lumped into, you know, one one or the other. And me and Lan had been talking, and we was we was talking about, you know, there's a lot of guys that follow Land because he is a, for the most part, you kill really big deer. I know you want to be humble about it, but by God, you kill really big deer. And <laughs> a lot of people are are just follow everything on Instagram and Facebook and all that. And I get it. But if if I really, I guess, want to talk to them, you know, if, if we let them take away dog hunting, because that seems to be the always the crosshair, then after they get rid of deer dogs, next they're going to say, well, What's the difference in a deer dog and a rabbit dog? They're both chasing game. Mm-hmm. Then what's the difference in the tree dogs? Yeah. Then, and then the duck dogs. Then the duck dogs. And yep. then the blood tracking dogs. And and they're not even technically hunting. And the next yep. thing you know, they're going to have rid of all of the dog, the houndsmen. And guess what? They're not going to stop right there. They're coming after mm-hmm. The steel hunters, because yeah. the the whole agenda is start with picking off the the easy wins, and if we can ever get the easy wins, because for the most part, most steel hunters are not pro dog hunting. Right. So it's, a, it's it is the easiest one for them to go after. And if they ever get their hooks sunk in, it will be easier for them to get rid of. You know, they're going to say, "Well, no rifle hunting," and in a lot of states, guess what? They got one week to rifle hunt, or not even rifle hunt, shotgun hunt. And they're like, well, we're good with that because we don't even get to hunt with a rifle. Well, mm-hmm. guess what's coming next? Shotgun season. Yep. And then guess what's coming next? Bow season. No compound bows. And then the recurve guys are going to be like, guess what? I only recurve hunt. Yeah, so I have no problems with it because yeah. I only recurve. And you you talking about like 0.001% of the entire population anyway. Yeah, and then so that is the agenda. And – I just want to, I grew up hunting with hounds, and I know you did, and, and I'm not so much known for still hunting. I, I spent a lot of time for a lot of years, and I kind of went more towards the hound side now because I just like working my dogs. But And it's fun. It, I, mean, I don't care what anybody says. It is fun to get a, a group of guys together with some dogs. No matter what you think about it, it's, it's just a blast to get together. It's the traditional deer camp. Or squirrel, or rabbit. Squirrel, any, I mean, yeah, anything. I love running rabbit dogs. I don't personally have any rabbit dogs, but it is a lot of fun to hear them beagles run them rabbits. And because, mm-hmm. guess what? You can cut up. You and your buddies out there, and you're not just sitting out there in a tree by yourself. And I don't care what anybody says. You can say you really enjoy the nature, and you can. But after about an hour. <laughs> start I, I, <laughs> I start looking around i'm like man if i ain't got no cell phone service we better do something <laughs> that's what most of my i've hardly ever run over about two and a half three hours i'm gonna i'm gonna catch the first couple hours of daylight and the last couple hours of daylight and eat. yeah and after that i am not an all-day hunter i've done it a couple times and that's the most miserable crap i've ever done in my life yeah because to be truth be told i'm a i'm a turkey hunter yeah like that's if i could turkey hunt year round that's what i do i wouldn't even deer hunt the only reason I deer hunt is because they're so dang delicious. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we've but, talked about that a million times. Yeah. But, but and, and one more little thing for the guys, if you've made it this long, that are against hunt, hunting with a dog, man, you'd be amazed at how much these people, especially squirrel hunters and rabbit hunters, the deer, the dog, deer dogs, they might can sit out there in the road. But a squirrel hunter and a rabbit hunter is going in the woods with them. If oh, you yeah. want to know someplace about a property, if you think they messed your hunt up, and they're like, most people's going to be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to come up here. And if you think they ruined your hunt and you want to talk for a minute, you ask them where, if they've seen any deer sign. Because I promise yeah, I, you. I mean, yeah, I mean, half of my deer hunting spots would come from turkey season. That's just for me walking around in the woods chasing dog on a long bear. Yeah. You know, I've run into all kind of deer sign because you're looking at everything from this past fall. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's after the rut and all that. So you see everywhere they've been. Everything. And another thing on top of it is y'all already got it cut out for you because you, like we said earlier, your season is limited. So the vast majority of the regular deer season is without dogs. If you can't understand that the dog hunters get a very limited time and like i said i haven't dog hunted in shoot i won't say it's been at least 15 years i'm taking you and that's only because you don't ever call me i'm taking i I was gonna take you this year and i'll be dang if my boy okay look y'all be Mm. stay tuned on the youtube channel lance Uh smathers is coming running deer dogs the big buck killer (laughs) the big buck killer is gonna cut down a four point I'm a, hey, I will shoot the first legal buck I see. I promise you. I don't let a, a dang 16-inch wide four-point run out in front of me, son. Oh, uh, well, I'll shoot the ones that are almost 16 inches. Well, that's fine. i shoot the does. <laughs> there you go. Because there's nothing I enjoy more than shooting does. Well, the the great big buck slayer, Lance Smathers, is going to be on Outdoors <laughs> in Moreland next year. If, if I don't care if I have to take off work and pay his work today. I am in 100%. All right. Well, is there anything you think we missed? I... Off the top of my head, no. I just I hope that everything everybody kind of takes this for what it is. And, and, and what you're going to get is you're going to – the number one comment will be, well, what about the guys that kick out dogs on the edge of the property line? And there is – And there are those people. There are those people, but the vast majority don't do that. In, in fact, I would say the vast majority of people are not even running on public. There are people that run on public, but it's usually like a very select group of people that run on public. And even most of them are not doing the kicking it out on, on the edge. I will say this, and I'm glad you brought that up. I don't know a single person that runs deer dogs on public land. And I know that's a lot what, of dogs. That's what I'm saying. I, there's, down here where I live in Aberdeen, there are, I know of two groups, and every now and then you'll get a random truck that you haven't seen before. But I can guarantee you 99% of the time it's going to be the same two groups of people that I see everywhere. And they're going to hit this spot over here, and then you won't see them for a couple weeks. They'll be off hitting other spots because that's a good thing about dogs. You can run them, you know, run them for a morning or an afternoon or a whole day if you wanted to, and then pull out and go somewhere else for the next several, several days. Yeah. Or weeks or whatever. That's the great thing about busted up public like we got is you've got I think I think where we're at is like forty four thousand acres and it runs forty miles yeah. up and down the river. So they're spread out. Yeah. And they do it right. If but I had to guess every time I see a post about a dog hunter, 
it's always at least one comment in there will they turn them out on the edge of my private and kick them out and run my deer off you got to understand like we said earlier they might kill a deer most of the deer are going to curl right back into your property they probably pushing deer onto your property exactly Man, and yes, most of them, if you say are kicking them on the edge of property lines, most dog hunters are not leaving the road to turn their dogs. So they're going to cut them off the road onto normally public, I would assume public land. I don't know anybody that, I personally don't know anybody that, that hunts public land in this area. So I would guess that less than 10% of the dog hunters in this area, deer dog hunters, hunt public land. Now, squirrel dogs, yeah. you better buckle up because they's well, a... That's different. <laughs> <laughs> just squirrel dogs. Yeah, yeah. and they, if you're a deer hunter, squirrel dog, he's going to come through. He might shoot a squirrel or something big, be gone. I can't tell you how many times I've been deer hunting. Squirrel dog comes through, somebody will shoot, which is a little hairy. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm not in a tree, and somebody shoots <laughs> point two in the tree. But <laughs> if they, go, they move through, and I have seen deer come out because those deer can hear those people just like you can. Yeah. They hear that, that traffic move on through the woods. They're like, all right, he's gone. And, and on that note, most people are not going to keep that squirrel dog if he's running deer. So no. my dog oh, last year treated a deer, I'm sorry, treated a deer, treated a squirrel. And as I was walking in, it was like some holly bushes 30 yards from him. A big old doe jumped up out of them holly bushes, took out, about scared me to death. I didn't draw my gun. I thought Sasquatch was on me, dude. I'm uh, telling you what. Well, I, you done got off in one of them hog hollers. If, if, if Sasquatch would have come out that sun gun, he'd have been full <laughs> of uh, number six. But uh -huh. anyway, that dog kept both feet on them trees. I mean, you'd be amazed, or they would be amazed. I guess you already know, but the, they would be amazed at how many deer you stir up. Them deer are probably not getting up and walking around on public land well after sunup. No. So, not. so really, you could think about it as if they get stirred up, it's a better opportunity for you to see an animal. Exactly. So, you know, I, I feel like we're beating a dead horse to death, but I, I just, I, I won't. It's already dead, brother. Well. Might and, as well keep beating it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I just want guys to know that, yes, there is the people that are not doing it right. But there are going to be that. I mean, there's going to be steel hunters on their way out shooting deer with flashlights. Yeah, and there's going to be people baiting turkeys. I mean, there ain't nothing you can do with it. We got two game wards for every county if that, you know. Yep. It's, at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it, so you might as well learn to work with it. Yep, I agree. But, uh, and, and I tell you what, if I can get enough comments on here, this is a dog hunting podcast, but Mr. Land <laughs> is slept full of information on on looking at properties and and he's really impressive on his knowledge of deer hunting and i don't know that i we have that many people on here that are interested in that but if i can get some some messages that are interested in something like that would you be interested in coming back on and talking maybe breaking down bedding areas and winds and stuff like that 100 percent, man I, I love talking hunting I, my wife has to hear it most of the time <laughs> she gets sick of it i yeah. can't really break down much information what about, and I don't necessarily have it much information. I just got a lot of experience yeah, growing well, up in the woods. So. I don't know, man. I, I've heard a couple of your podcasts. Which podcast? What, you was on The Hunting Public. You was on another one, too, wasn't you? Uh, yeah, I've been on, I want to say, like 15 at this point. Oh, um, I'm getting 15 leftovers, but huh? a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them are just kind of like the smaller podcasts and stuff like that. I yeah. just recorded one last week, but it was turkey stuff, so. 
Yeah. Well, uh, what about for the guys that kind of want to check you out, some of you pictures and stuff, do you have, uh, do you, are you interested in giving out your social media or is that something you're interested in doing? Uh, it don't matter to me. I'm, uh, I, I really only do Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I really do Instagram more than anything when I'm sitting on the toilet. So, uh, <laughs> What's those? It's, uh, it's just my name on Facebook and then land on your face on Instagram. And and his and, name is Land L A N D Smathers S M A T H E R S. Yeah, that name. I I still I got that name back in my rodeo and days, and I came off a bull one time, and I mean I scorpioned hard, and I ate the dirt. And old old fella sitting back there behind the bucking chute said, "I'm gonna start calling you Land on your face." So <laughs> it just kind of stuck from there. I never changed it. I need to change it, but. I've, I've had it this long. I'm going to stick with it. Well, you got such a big following at this moment. You might as well keep it. Mm. Huh? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, all right, buddy. Well, if you ain't got nothing else, I'm going to let you go and hang out with your family, and I'm going to go do the same. But uh, I, appreciate I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and talk. And uh, for y'all that are interested in talking non dog hunt or listening to non non dog hunting content if you leave me a message you know we might piss somebody off a week or we might do a special episode and drop it on a thursday that way uh for the guys that's interested in listening to it so. yeah i'm i'm all in just let me know all right. my daughter's on the four now tearing up the pastures. well you better go get a hold of her yeah i'm gonna get a hold of that <laughs> all right buddy i appreciate you all right man all right thank you bye